Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Today is the 25th of August. What a beautiful day. Well, kinda. It's cold where I'm at. I live in North Dakota. And we had a really hot summer. And just this last week, it just started getting cold. What's the temperature? I don't even have my phone close. It's cold enough where I want to be in pants. <laughs> now I'm really missing the heat. So to anybody who complained about the heat, now here comes the cold. I like the heat. So you guys, it's the 25th of August. I'm not sure where God's going to take me with starting up this podcast again. I really feel different than I used to. Um, I definitely want to keep it real. Probably going to get a little bit more in depth. I've learned to dig deeper with my feelings and emotions and share them outwardly towards people. That's been my the thing God has been bringing me through this summer. I really got involved with the AA program. And for those of you who don't know me on a personal level or know my story, um, uh, I had a severe addiction to alcohol. And it forever was the thing I turned to uh, when I didn't like my It was the thing I turned to because I didn't like my life. And so to cope and and manage everything I numbed myself with alcohol because it helped me deal with the situation I felt stuck in and didn't know how to get out of I didn't know how to get out of a lot of things I always felt stuck I didn't have the inner strength to walk away from a lot of situations that were unhealthy for me that were holding me back that were you know not where I was supposed to be not where God wanted me to be anyway and oftentimes that's where I got stuck. I didn't have that inner strength to go, well, I'm not wanted here. See you later. Or I don't like the way you're treating me. Or I'm just not happy here. I, ne I never really had that inner strength until recently to be like, peace out. I don't need this anymore. Um, the last couple of years, I've really filtered a lot of people out of my life. And believe it or not... Um, my father was one of them. He did not want to love me the way I deserved. Uh, he wanted to treat me in a way that was disrespectful and harmful to, you know, my well-being. He didn't want to change. And at that point, he could no longer be in my life. You know, it's a choice. Um, yes, we are supposed to love and honor our parents, but our parents are supposed to protect, provide, nourish, and love us. So if at that point, your parents, our parents, or parents in general cannot provide those things, and they are having a negative impact on your life you have to change they either have to change or you have to remove them out of your life 
parent or no parent. God knows. He brought me through that. Um, it was a choice. And then the summer, there was a few other things that God brought me through of removing people out of my life. It was... Eh, some of it was very hard. And some of it, it was like a breath of fresh air once it was finally done. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know why I didn't do that a long time ago. Uh... Sorry, lost in my own personal thought. And I won't say any names because, you know, again, we are all just broken people in a broken world. Here's where, you know, you have to see above the pain and the hurt and the, you know, lack of love from people. Ooh, a pretty bird. I'm looking out my front window too while I do this and kids are getting out of school. So I like to look out my big window. Um... The thing about people is we're all broken. We've all been broken. We've all been hurt by some kind of trauma. Um, and, and I recognize that. It doesn't mean I have to allow them to be continual in my life. Just like there's some people that I couldn't be in their lives at certain moments in time. There was a time I couldn't be in my children's life because of how unhealthy my behavior was to their well-being I was very destructive I caused them trauma with my drinking and the consequences of my drinking they paid for some of that and they didn't even get the choice sad but it's true it did happen we still are dealing with those things and trying to overcome them together as a family um but to those people I always see that one day they will, you know, overcome their obstacles, but they won't overcome it if, you know, I'm validating that behavior by staying in their life. Even friends, there are people who were just my friends and I validated their toxic behavior by being around them. That was my, in a spiritual sense, when, this is actually a great topic. I don't know why God brought me here, but let's go about it. So let's take it on a relationship form. And I mean, imagine like relationship friends, okay. Our presence carries a certain energy, a spiritual energy. Um, you feel it. It, it, empower, it can empower a person or it can drain a person. It just depends on how much inner work you've done. Um, I am a very loving, giving person. Um, not just material things, just in general. I'm an uplifting person. I see the best in everybody. I give, give, give. Um, you know, there, there are times where I was toxic, but in general, in a healthy state, I'm a giver in this world. I'm very uplifting. I see the best in people, and I point it out, and I, I try to uplift them in their life. Um... So I have a very, you know, positive, giving, vibrant, okay, energy. Um, and like I said, there was a time where my energy was very draining because I was in an addiction that was very selfish. So I took from everybody around me. It, it, just being around me was irritating. 
okay so there was two sides of me this is actually a great way to explain it there was two different energies about me one was when I was in my addiction it was very draining to be around it required a lot of energy because I was constantly lying constantly getting intoxicated constantly unable you know I was slowly losing the ability to maintain a healthy lifestyle you know I was you know my drinking was controlling everything and being drunk you cannot manage your life you can't go out and pay bills and keep a job and go grocery shopping and you know pick your kids up at school you can't do those things so I became a very draining person you know in general it was I was negative to be around I had a bad attitude I was always angry I was always miserable unless I was drinking and even then when I was drinking I was just I would get so inebriated sometimes I couldn't even remember sometimes I couldn't even talk I have pictures of those times you know and now having built that inner part of me I've changed I've, I'm have a very uplifting presence about me my presence people like being around me it feels good to be around me I have a lot of positive energy and that's a true thing our soul can either be draining or it can be positive where was I going with this? Okay, somebody with um, poor behavior, a toxic relationship, toxic friendship. If one person has the positive energy and the other person never returns that, they're just either blank, they're emotionally disconnected, or they're in unhealthy, toxic behaviors. I, I know someone who, you know, he was he's always drinking and I remember one time running into him and he kept wanting oh gosh he's gonna end up listening to this probably he kept wanting to you know talk about you know how everybody was doing everything to him and for 30 minutes he just went on but it's like he he chose and I I finally got so frustrated and upset I said I'm sick of hearing it I'm not going to validate you as a victim. I'm not going to sit here and allow it. You are not the victim. You chose. You chose. All your choices led to this. And I laid it all out. He goes, but I am the victim. And I go, no, you're not. You chose. You knew what you were getting into. You're choosing now. Okay? But when you allow those people just even those 30 minutes just listening to him I was validating my presence made him feel good about being a victim just my presence being there so a lot of women who are in poor relationships where the man doesn't change okay I'll go right to that one the man never changes the man is never going to change why because your presence is still around him you're doing things for him you're talking to him he's getting what he wants For men, that's a general, they really only want certain things, you know, the attention of the woman, the validation, do, you know, the things that I like, you know, make me feel special, however it is in each man's situation. Um, and even if, you know, I've been through this before, and even if you break up and you're still talking and you're being that friend, you're still validating their behavior because you're still within their life. Your presence is still there saying, I care about you. I want your attention. I need you in my life. So they feel needed. 
because you're still giving them their, your attention. I can't believe I'm going here. But this is why men never change. Women too. But I see it mostly in men. Men who never want to grow up. They want to sit around and they never want to be a good man in this world. There's a lot of them. They don't want to be responsible. They want to go around having children with women and then expect the woman to get an abortion or they don't want to pay child support or they don't even want to be in their kids' lives. I've experienced that. Don't understand it, but it, it happens. They just go around doing this and there are cases too where you can cut that person off but their behavior gets validated because there's always another woman right after you validating that behavior and that's why the toxicity continues because there's always an you know another woman right behind you thinking they can change them too or that if the man loves them enough that kind of thing but they don't they don't change because Somebody's presence is always there validating that behavior. And that's what I mean about the spiritual energy. Um, I don't even know why God brought me down this topic. It feels good to talk about it, though. So, why did I change? I had to think about that because I wanted to change. I remember the reason I wanted to change, I remember the moment. I just got my kids back from foster care in 2018, had my own apartment, and I felt void. I was thinking about the job that I was working, my life. This is it. This is, this is my life. I knew by the way I felt, and I cried. I, I cried in my living room my, while my kids were sleeping in the bedroom. This is my life. I've broke down about it. This is my life. This is all I've got. Inwardly. It wasn't the outward stuff. It was how I felt on the inside. And I really dwelled on that. And I said, no way. I remember being a child looking up at the stars. In fact, where was it? It's that belt. It's that constellation, Orin's belt or... I can't remember how to say it. I remember looking up that, that as a child. And I knew there was more to life than this. Even as a child in the worst of worse. And in that moment in 2018, I knew there had to be more to life than the way I felt. Because I had never had a, a real happy moment in my life. I had bursts of, you know, band-aids of happiness. Like, Ooh, wow, having experienced this and having experienced that. But never anything lasting. I always became very miserable inside. And I had to find a way to cope. And eventually that coping was drinking. Um, and that's when I wanted to change. I didn't like the way I felt. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like where my life was headed. I wanted more. I wanted more inwardly. And I wasn't really surrounded by a lot of people. Um, a lot of my validation was very fake. You know, it was just people on the fringes. You know, I got a lot of validation from work for being the best. 
it was where a lot of my validations got you know came from but that's that was my start of wanting to change I didn't like that void that had never really been happy I never experienced that I always and when I think back onto it it truly was love I'd never experienced love not authentically ever not in any of my relationships my mother couldn't love me she was broken herself she allowed things to happen to us kids that I knew for sure she didn't know how to love us and at the time back then I thought I hated her I knew my father didn't love me he was incapable of love he was a very hard man I don't remember real genuine authentic love you know little bits from when I was a child but even that was coming from people who they themselves were hurting and I had family members that tried to love me at their very best but they were going through their own stuff you can't love someone else when you don't even love yourself that's what I mean about love I had never experienced an authentic love maybe my great-grandma Laura that I always remember because when she died it killed me I always reflect back on that because she did love me and she was very well solid inside she was solid with God she was solid in her faith she she walked the way she believed she walked her talk she did love me but going into an adulthood I never felt love for or from the man that I divorced from that I had my children with um, my relationship after that there was no love there not really I obviously was not in a place to love somebody and as I look back and see how things are the way they are now that man didn't love me either it's just we looked good in a relationship we had a lot you know we had created this beautiful life so everything looked really good on the outside but the interior was missing that emotional essence of love that emotional connection was so disconnected so that's what we really truly seek you guys all of our souls really seek that deep internal unconditional love and a lot of people don't get to experience that because they come from something there's a lot of a lot of dysfunctional families you know it was made okay to hit your children and spank your children and allow you take your aggressions out on your children people still talk about it to this day I should be allowed to spank my child and I think you should be allowed to use aggression to teach a child what does that teach them that teaches a child here's what spanking and any act aggression on a child it makes me angry to think about it it does because I don't care what anybody tells me I don't agree with it it is abuse when you use any form of violence to teach a child fear physical force intimidation that is abuse okay it's abuse 
when you do this to a child, do you know what you're ingraining into a child whose brain isn't fully developed? You're telling them that the way to get results is to use violence. That's what that kind of parenting teaches a child. So when children grow up, guess what they do? They protest. They hurt others to get their way. They become violent. That's why we have this epidemic in the world of, you know, people who are supposed to be adults cannot control their bodily functions and their emotions. They were never taught how. Their parents spank them to get them to behave and they grow up thinking, if I'm violent with the person, they will listen to me. That's where it comes from. See, that's why I understand brokenness. I get it. I get the abuse, the loss of control. I don't know where I was going with that. Guys, this is just going to kind of be an open podcast on this one. I'm not sure where I wanted to go with it now. I'm just going to kind of see what floats through my mind. I like days like this reflect a lot you guys I spend a lot of time in meditation with God that's the first thing I do in the morning I set it aside at least 30 minutes and right now I have a I have three jobs how that ended up happening I don't know I'm I'm like a couple days here a couple days there it's actually a lot of fun I don't get burned out I have fun with what, what I'm doing making good money but one of the jobs I have to get up at four o'clock and even then well no I have to be to work at six I get up at four so that I can shower, be ready, have my 30 minutes to sit and read my daily devotional and just let my mind water with God. This is what happens. Like I let my mind water, wander, can't even talk. I let my mind wander and I go, God, why would I think that? What's going on? What was it today? He was in my thoughts. I mean, he's always there, but I was at work and I went into this side room. I was trying to eat my snack but we had corporate there so I didn't want corporate to see me and I snuck in and I go I I hope I don't get caught and God goes it's okay but he goes I can tell you're really tense and it's just this inside conversation you guys within and I'm just having this conversation with God about this it's like he's right there my best friend my everything that's how close I am and it was beautiful like somebody gets me It's the love I had been searching for my whole life. But in order to reach this love with God, I had to let go of everything. And that meant everything. Anything that had any kind of pull on me, any kind of control, any coping mechanism, any person, people, places, and things. If it had a control on me, I had to let it go. I went a whole year where I fasted from processed food and meat. Um, I ate fruit and vegetables most of the time. And actually, it was really good. I did really well. Um, that was a good diet. That was, I can't believe I did it. And I, I look back and I, I'm really proud of that achievement, that I had that inner strength. Um, you know, I'm sure I had moments here and there where I had something, but it was so ever rare. I think one time I had a, a fun size like peanut butter Snickers or something. Somebody offered me one. They had gotten a bag and I was like, oh, you know what? Why not? It's from you. Can't be bad luck, can it? 
when I look back it probably was but anything that had a control on me that I had to have God has gotten rid of it all all of it because nothing comes above God anything that comes above God is a sin realize that a lot of people don't realize that but those who smoke my drinking my drinking was always the thing that I turned to always it was that thing at my worst moments that even when God was in my life it was like you know what that just numbs me more and I just want to relax and I don't want to have to deal with this I don't know how to deal with it it was there it was easy it was convenient it was comfortable had lasting damaging effects but it was the old reliable that was instant like this God hated that he didn't hate God doesn't hate actually he did hate that he despises he's a jealous God he moved heaven and earth to show me that part of myself I talked about it yesterday that all looped in together drinking with sin it's because I was living in sin Living in sin, you don't know how to deal with it. You really don't know how to deal with it. That's why a lot of people cope with stuff. When you live in sin, it's when your soul and your flesh grinds. You have that void. Nothing is satisfying. You'll do anything to feel better. Anything. love you guys the chase of love the pursuit of love that's been my pursuit I just wanted to have that feeling and I felt it once from God in 2019 when I had my spiritual awakening he came down told me to trust him and to follow him I had never felt a love like that ever that is the that is such a pivotal point in my life I'll never forget it it's probably the greatest moment in my life I've never felt anything like it I look back at moments in my life where I was just so numb I was like eh, it was alright it was alright there was nothing that ever touched me the way that touched me to the point where it changed me I wanted that that's what I was searching for it felt like home I wish I could go back now and have the experience again I would love to relive my awakening it was so beautiful. I had never felt that way before. And some people have told me that their spiritual awakenings are really painful. And it's, it's, an, it's a never-ending thing in your spiritual awakening. Once you're awakened, it's different levels of, you know, God cleansing you of your wickedness. Wickedness is belief systems that are not of God that we have learned from our parents, from our environment, from our friends, uh, our behaviors. And a lot of times you don't even see it. There are a lot of things that I didn't even see about myself. I want to take two Sundays ago. I was sitting in church and I was, I was feeling, I was going through some stuff. And I was trying to figure it out. God was bringing me through some stuff. There was a lot of change. I had to really surrender to God surrender means he was asking me to do a lot of things and I could not deny him and I started journaling during church I, I do that sometimes what did I journal 
Where's my Bible? Let's see what I got, you guys. I journal a lot. Journaling is so healthy. For anybody who wants to find a healthy outlet to figure out your emotions and really talk to God, journal. Let's see where it's at. Where is it? <laughs> well, I am sitting here in church. I don't know why this is getting to me. First, it's been a year since my heart was ripped out and tossed to the dogs as if I was nothing. I remember that moment that week. I ripped up the garden, the love you planted within me. Oh, we'll get back to that. I've got some stuff on that too. Uh, ripped up the garden, the love you had planted within me. Ripped it up and went backwards within me. I truly hated myself. And then what? We won't get into that. Now here I am again, the same juncture, same crossroads. Let's go to where you are calling me or settle for partial surrender. You are calling me to the children's ministry in the church. I know you are. The thing with Robbie, the church picnic, it's all right in front of me. And my first instinct is to deny myself, deny you through me. And there it is. I'm denying myself your love, the very thing I am asking for. I asked for your love, and this is the road to receive it. I don't know why I'm denying it. I am fearful. I am selfish. That's what I wrote. I go, I am fearful, period, period, period. Because when I write period, 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 it's because my thought is going to the real truth. First thing is I'm fearful, which is a lie. Because I wasn't fearful. I realized that. And then I go, I am selfish. The reason I am stalling to move forward is because I'm being selfish. I am not scared. I am selfish. Once I came to that truth, I really had to look at myself because that was true. I was being selfish with my time. I didn't want to do the things God was asking me to do. And it wasn't because I was fearful. It was because I wanted my time for me to do what I wanted to do. What did I want to do? I had to, God asked me that. What do you want to do with your time? Nothing. Is it serving your purpose? Hmm. I really, and I, I was like, you're right, God. I am being selfish. Because the very thing I want and the only way to get it is to surrender to you. I've gone this far. I know. I know. But let me tell you, it was kind of a slap in the face when I realized I was being selfish because I would think at this point in my life I was quite not selfish. I thought I was a very giving person. But the thing is, with God in my time, I was using the lies, the excuse, the justification. See how I justify and try to run around myself? That I'm afraid, I'm scared. I used all these old standby justifications to why I couldn't do things, um, such as the children's ministry. Uh, there's been a couple of things God has asked me to do extra in my life that, you know, really have pretty much filled up my life. And a lot of it is letting people in. This children's ministry, what it is, is just, you know, helping the, it's helping at the church with children. Why didn't I want to do it? Probably because I wanted to be selfish with my time and I wanted to go home. And I didn't want to have to 
put forth the effort of creating relationships with people and letting them in you know it's so much easier just to live on the fringes and it's easier but it's empty I know that it's a very empty way of living you may get by but you're going to be very empty I'm keeping an eye out because my son's going to be coming home from school and the reason this is so important was because I mentioned in here a year ago I was at the same juncture and that is true so a year ago something very significant happened in my life where God showed me the true nature of something I was trying to hang on to in my life and I didn't have the inner strength to let it go um, it took God a lot to remove that out of my life um, and as I would guess a retaliation and a reaction I became very angry with God um, I really I became very enraged I wanted to do things to hurt God's feelings because I knew that God had set systems in place for me to see the true nature of the situation that had happened that had you know hurt me this way and God had did God did God set it in place but God see God was trying to remove this thing out of my life and I kept not seeing it for what he was showing me you know I kept justifying and making excuses um, I had the blinders on and because God showed me the truth I became angry at God this is oftentimes why so many people have resentment towards God because he does make these things happen and they do hurt but sometimes it has to hurt to separate us from the thing that's not true for us and that's what God was trying to show me hello this is the truth and it wasn't truly God that was hurting me it was my choice to stay attached to something that wasn't <clears throat> healthy for me that's what was hurting me I wanted God to be okay and make it good for me to live in sin and go against his will and at the same time all this was going on you know, I was a very isolated person. God was asking me to be more. He wanted me to go to this church picnic. So that's where it all started. And I refused. I refused. I did. I openly refused God. I journaled about it. I said, I refuse. I'm not doing it. I don't want anybody in my life. I can live without people. I don't need anybody. I will not go the way you are asking me. I, I refused. I look back and I can't believe surprise God didn't walk out God never lets go though ever no matter what sin you've committed God's always right there to welcome us back always doesn't matter anybody in my life I know for sure no matter even my stepfather I was just waiting for the day for him to go to him and, you know, surrender. But I found a journal passage from back then. And I want, I really want to share with you guys the, the depths of how 
when we really get into our mind and we start becoming conscious of the way we truly think about ourselves when you're going through stuff and you don't know how to deal with it and this is how you feel like I've really had not I God has peeled back the layers of my subconscious mind he's unturned every rock there's no running away from myself I know why I feel the things I feel and I can't ever lie about it oh shoot so when I journal to God it's it's honest let's see let's see with this one I don't have a date on it I'm assuming this was in August I was probably really angry and this is how I felt this is this was the internal battle of how I felt and what it really comes down to you guys is I didn't love myself there was some issues in my childhood where I abandoned myself as a child because I had loved myself and then some things happened and I felt like I was unloved so I stopped loving myself um so a lot of all of this actually is because I didn't love myself I I grew up loving myself the way I had been loved in my childhood. I chose people who loved me that way as well. That's what happens. We grow up being raised in dysfunction, you know, either raised in addiction, raised in abuse, raised in something. And we there will be a juncture where the child will have to change because it's survival skills. They start to question, am I not loved? Does my parents not love me? They start really thinking it's their fault. So they abandon their authentic self and they become a whatever it takes to survive. Oftentimes, you know, they take on the behavioral characteristics of the abusive parent or the toxic parent to you know receive validation and attention of like I'm worthy enough um and you grow up loving yourself the way you were loved by the people who raised you then you choose people that love you the same way it's a very hard thing to get out of it's a very hard thing to see. I didn't see it. I thought there was people in my life I really thought they were my hero and that they loved me. And when I finally saw them for who they were, oh man, that it was a it was a hard pill to swallow. Jagged little pill. That's what it felt like. It was way jagged. Ooh, ah, I choked. Ah. You live, you learn. Alanis Morissette. So I'm going to get into this. It says, uh, gosh, I'm a little bit nervous sharing this, you guys. I really am nervous. Um, and just so you know, I've openly shared some of these deep thoughts with AA. So for anybody that goes, oh my goodness, she's, is she really thinking this? There's something wrong with her. Well, guess what? Anybody who's been with trauma, who really reaches in the depths of their mind, they've all been here in this dark place. Anyone. They've all been here. 
And until we start talking about it and making it okay to talk about it and not making it a scary thing, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfectly okay to discuss what goes on in my mind. What makes it wrong is when people react in fear and, you know, just try to suffocate it with fear. So it goes, uh, God, I feel like a deflated balloon. I feel like my body, mind, and soul were filled with negative chaos. When I lost control, you removed all the negative. My heart feels so stretched to the limit, and my mind feels like I've been banging it against the wall. I love you so deeply. I know what is going on isn't right. This isn't how I love you, show you love. I hate myself for it. I don't feel I deserve your love. I am so broken. I can't ever be enough. I'm just not. Everything in me has failed you so many times. And today, yet again, I have failed you. The things I say in my mind and the thoughts I have are wrong. They are mean, hateful. I hold you back. I don't want to hold you back. I want you to keep going. There is so much ugliness in me. I don't see an end. This me, all that I am, is never going to be enough for you ever. I am always going to have this ugliness that I resent. I want to drown this part of me and never see it again. I want this part of me to die. I want to dive off a cliff into and I'm yeah I can laugh at this you guys because <laughs> I have terrible handwriting when I'm really angry it's, I'm scribbling so fast that it's really hard to read my chick, chicken scratch because I'm really emotional when I'm writing this so I'm reading it trying to be like what was I trying to say there what word was that like I added an a to off oh but it's off a cliff anyway <sighs> uh I want to dive off a cliff into a raging river to never breathe again. I want to suffocate this part of me to death. I want to kill this part of me. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate looking at myself and seeing it in my eyes. I want to gouge my eyes out to never see it again. I hate this part of me. I see my face and I see it in me. When people talk to me, I feel it in me, wanting it dead. I want me dead to never ever see it again. What a relief to put an end to the ugliness in myself, the hate, the resentment, the rage, the fear, sadness, the victim, the entitled, the cheater. I was a whore in this world. Those things are part of me and I want it dead. I feel you in me and I hate you love me. I don't love all of me. Why should you? I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I hate it. I hate myself. I can't love all of me. I can't. Because I can't let you love things also. And then I scratched it out. How can I let you love you love all of me when I can't even love all of me. And then on the back, it must have been a little bit later. I cannot love you as you deserve. How you deserve to 
be loved is greater than my human mind can ever imagine. I am broken. I am hurtful. I keep breaking down and going to a place that isn't loving towards you. I see this part of myself and I will never like it. It is toxic. I can never love anyone fully if I don't love myself fully. I don't want you giving me all this love. I will serve you do the right thing be a good person i will do my best but i don't want to let you love me i hurt you every time you try i'm sorry it is wrong okay you guys so let me get into this i'm i'm gonna break it down during this time i was really angry um I know the depths of my mind. I've never lied to God about it. And I've done some things where I'm like, I'm going to do this because I know it's going to hurt you. I was really... I'm, I mean, I can't lie to God. Like, I'm going to be honest with him because he knows my thoughts. There's no hiding from it. He's been walking with me for so long. He knows me better than anybody in this world. So I went through this moment and I was really upset. How could you do this to me? How could you allow this to happen? I told you I didn't want it to happen. I didn't want this. And you brought this situation back over. You said to do it. And now look at me. I was such a fool. You know, blaming God for everything. So what do I do? I had a garden. I had a garden over at my church. The garden represented me. I was God's garden. He was going to plant love in me that last summer. This was last summer. He was going to plant love within me. And I was to cultivate it by surrendering to him to where he asked me to go. So I'm going to sneeze. Maybe not. Um. (coughs) Sorry. Anyway. So, this this situation happened, and um, I just felt so betrayed, so ripped apart, and I was I became so depressed. I fell apart at work. Um, I I didn't understand it. I was so emotionally distraught. Um, so I went over to the garden. I knew, you know, this was, oh, you want to plant this garden? You want me to do all this work? And uh, <laughs> I ran into the pastor's wife. On the- Hey, you guys. So anyway, my son came home. I turned it on mute. So um, where was I? So on the way over to the garden, oh, I was going to rip that garden up. Oh, man, I was so heatedly angry. Um, it, I was on my bike, and I crossed paths with the pastor's wife. 
she asked me, she goes, you look really upset. And I told her flat out, I'm really angry with God. Um, there's really nothing you could say to me right now. I just need to deal with it. And um, I'm just, I just need to get through it. And that's all I wanted to talk about. And she's like, okay. So I head over there, you know, this is, the church has these plots on property <laughs> and I went over there and I'm ripping up my corn and I'm ripping up all this I ripped up every single plant I was like oh, oh how do you feel about this knowing God's watching me yes this is a thing this is like imagine if your husband was there and you wanted to get revenge and like rip up the garden he planted you that's exactly what I was doing the only thing was the garden was a representation of myself of what God was trying to plant within me. And truly what I was doing was I was resisting and resenting and ripping up and I wasn't going to allow him to plant any love within me because I had been triggered. I had been hurt. And my first reaction to all of that is to push love away every time. That's how, because I, I didn't know what love was. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand the concept. So... When God tried to love me, uh, and then things like this would happen, what it really even further is, you know, I would punish myself by not wanting his love. First reaction right here is because I'm angry at him and I'm going to show him. Oh, I'm going to show you. And I mean... I was not hiding it and then I came home and I had somebody who had given me um, a framed picture with a verse on it you know good um, he's my mentor and uh, I grabbed it off the wall Anyways, I grabbed it off the wall and I slammed it down. I was so angry. I had, a, for a long time, I had a hard time controlling my my rage like that and I shattered that thing. It felt, I'm not going to lie, it felt really good. There was a couple other things too that God had given me, had given me through others that I broke. I did it intentionally. I wanted to break the things that God gave me. I wanted to hurt him. I was trying to hurt him. Then I thought about other things too. I might as well just get into it. I thought about things like, ooh, man, if I just go out and sleep with somebody else, ooh, that'll teach you God. So it's about hurting God. I hated you. I said, I said some pretty mean things in my head. I was never, ever going to love you again. And then, um, fell into a depression suddenly it wasn't the rage anymore that was the defleeting it was like I had all this built up um, adrenaline of rage and anger I'm taking myself back to that moment I had all this built up rage and anger from this adrenaline rush but once that was all gone I felt defleted, deflated I just felt trained and here was what I had become. I was so angry, so hurt. I couldn't get over the hurt was the thing. So every time I would think about the situation in which I felt the hurt resided, 
I always attached God to it and I was angry at God and I was angry at the situation. So the hurt was never going away. So every time I felt that hurt, I would want to hurt God. So all those thoughts would come up. And that's what I mean about in there, you know, I know my thoughts and what I'm thinking is wrong because it was really wrong. I was thinking some really bad things. You get in the mind of somebody who's really like, you get in the mind of anybody who hasn't overcome their trauma, um, who, you know, doesn't know how to love, who really is like self-sabotaging. They just, they find comfort in hurting themselves, which I did. Um, mind can be a very dark place. And so thus began me pushing God away and see God will try to love you he will his presence he will he will bring his presence upon you and you'll feel it you'll feel the love I feel it all the time but there are moments in complete anger and rage where I can push that love away I don't want it I used to do it all the time when God first came into my life I didn't know how to accept his love I don't deserve it I'm not a good person. Like when God came into my life, I started seeing who I really was like. I had to accept those things and it was really hard. Bad behaviors, how I was as a parent, those things are really hard to accept about yourself. And that's what I was saying in here. I can't even love myself. There was this, this bad part about me and I didn't understand it at the time. I didn't understand what it was about me that I hated so badly. I just knew every time I looked at myself, I hated myself. I couldn't stand. I couldn't stand looking at myself. I remember these moments looking in the mirror, just wanting to rip my eyeballs out. I just wanted to die. I didn't want to do it. I was, I was too lazy. I wasn't going to do the dirty work of taking myself out of this life. I wanted God to do it. This was a very, very painful moment in my life. It took, it took about a week of this back and forth with God. God was constantly there and I, I fell into a depression and I, I tried to sleep my life away. I, I couldn't eat because I was still, you know, I was really stuck on that fruit and vegetable thing. I did stay true to that. Um, you know, I couldn't go around validating myself with sleeping with other people because I didn't want that either because that was like void. I, I know, you know, once God came into my life, you just know you don't just go around and sleep with other people because it's just not like that anymore you don't want that it doesn't feel good in fact it feels kind of gross you know uh you just have a different mindset so just i said it because i wanted to hurt god oh yeah i said it but when i actually stopped to think about it i was like i can't imagine this person touching me like you know it, it it wasn't right like I, I had to go through the thought process of what it would actually be like having to you know, I'll be real get naked like I've thought about those things I was like I don't think I can do it I just can't do it I don't want to do that here it was this dark rage in me I knew it see God had triggered it out of me I hated it I didn't know how to get rid of it it was always there so underlying 
So what did I do after that moment? What did you do? They asked Christine. This is what I was talking about yesterday. When I went backwards, I went back into sin. I returned to a situation that where I really wasn't loved the way I deserved and God wasn't in there. So I fell void. Why did I do it? Because I didn't love myself. And this took a long time for God to show me how I didn't love myself, you guys. He showed me in May. Yesterday when I talked about the ripping of the veil, part of that, God led me to talk about certain things. I I had to come clean about certain things about my life with certain people and I um there was somebody I really wasn't sure I could trust um from my AA program. You know, he was always right there giving me verses and I'm like shh, 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 shh. I am not listening to you. No. Like, get out of my life. You want to know too much. Get away. Ugh. Um, You know, and it's not somebody in my age group. He's much older. But it boggled me. And then I just, I came clean. I had to come clean, of course, about all the sin I had been living in. And he was on the phone and he was talking about things. And he goes, why do you keep hurting yourself? Why are you doing these things to hurt yourself? I don't know. Because you know what I think? I think you should think about this. If you had to talk to your child's self, when you were a child, imagine talking to her. What would you tell her? I was really emotional when he brought that up. Anybody who's dug in the depths of themselves in trauma knows there's an inner child inside of you that you try to suffocate and you don't want to talk about. You don't want to deal with it because it's broken. Your child self was abused as a child. You wanted to shut up and be quiet. You still abuse yourself like you were abused in your childhood. Like it's, a, it's, a, it's an inner turmoil sickness that you don't want to have to deal with because it's really emotional. I don't want to have to feel those emotions. And I go, I don't know. I got really mad. I was like, I don't know my mind I was like tell her to shut the fuck up that's what I was thinking I just want her to shut the fuck up I want to hear about it and he goes you know what I would tell her and I, I really was listening because I, I you know I had unloaded a lot of stuff on him like real inner vulnerable stuff that I hadn't told a lot of people and I just I needed to tell somebody because I was just tired of holding it all in. Like, there's just these broken things about me and I don't understand them. And I feel like I'm a really crappy person. There's something wrong with me that I've felt this way or done this or it's in my past. Like, I just, I just want to know that it's okay. So, you know, I unloaded all this on him. And then he says this, he goes, I would tell that little girl it's not her fault. And I'm... I'm down in my laundry room because I couldn't say some of the things I was saying to him and have my children here. That's how 
you know, very personal. A lot of this stuff was very inner and dark. And I didn't know, you know, it was to me very, very bad and stuff I didn't want my kids to hear. So I'm down in the laundry room. And when he said that, the moment he said that, I would tell that little girl it's not her fault. I crumbled. Something, I felt God reach in through those words. This is what it felt like. God reached in through those words and he touched the center of my soul, the part of me I had so buried deep, the child part of me, the part that I had buried at, I think, 10 years old. I had to go back to that moment when I did that. The part of me I buried because I needed to survive the psychological BS my stepfather was sickened with. God finally reached that part of me that I had buried so deep. I felt it. I felt God's fingers touched that part of me and it crumbled the walls that I had built around myself that kept myself from being vulnerable. I never felt that way before. I cried. I bawled. I go, I can't believe you just said that. Why did you say that? And I crumbled. And it was then I realized I didn't really love myself. Because I didn't love my child self. I hated my child self. You know why I hated my child self? Because my parents didn't love me. So it must have been something wrong with me. But I now as an adult having opened that up I was able to face that and feel the pain of a child right because I couldn't cry back then when my parents didn't love me I had to hold it in and suck it up and be tough I couldn't be vulnerable or weak because some people preyed on that I couldn't cry to my mother because she didn't care she didn't know how to care Finally, I was feeling all those feelings of realizing it wasn't my fault, but it still hurt. To take the blame for all the anger and the problems within the household that my parents and everybody, you know, all their toxic behavior was always blamed on us kids. I always felt it was my fault. It still hurts whether we know that's the truth or not. Having that emotional blame placed on you, it still hurts. So it was in that moment that God showed me I had to start dealing with how I don't love myself. And that's why I was stuck in the situations I was in, living in sin, because I didn't have the inner strength to go, I deserve better. That moment changed my life. That was... When I say God moves heaven and earth, if you allow him, it doesn't matter how far down you have sunk in this world in your mind. Because like I said, look at some of the stuff I've said. If you could really be in my mind when I was angry at God, it was bad. That's why I said I didn't deserve his love. 
Some of those things were really bad. But it didn't matter how far down I got. God never let go. A year later, he's still hanging on, watching me live in sin. He's here every day of my life, hugging me, telling me everything will be all right because he understands how broken I am and how powerless I am. You know, it was in that moment I had to go to an AA meeting. And this was the only step I had never done in AA. I actually went to a meeting. And I admitted that I was powerless. To actually say that out loud to other people and know it in my heart and mind how powerless I was. But to also know I had some relief. It wasn't my fault. What happened in my childhood wasn't my fault. Some of the things that had happened in my life wasn't my fault. It brings us a sense of relief. You no longer carry that burden. And it was in that moment also that God showed me how powerless my parents were. They didn't have control of themselves. They were so lost in their emotions, whether it's rage, anger, entitlement, all of that. You know, I've experienced it all. They were so lost within it, so blinded, just as I had been blinded. That's how God showed me how blinded they were. And you know what? It changed me. I hope for everything that everyone in this world can go to God sooner rather than later. Because holy repentance with God carries no shame or guilt. What he does, it's, it's like you're holding weights. Imagine every sin you've committed, right? You know, my drinking, I've done drugs. I've slept with people when I wasn't married. I've hated. I've done everything. I've done stuff. All those were weights on me, right? And when I finally went to God, even the worst of worst things, even when I, even when, you know what, even when I was telling God, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to sleep with somebody just to piss you off. And I want to see how you feel knowing I promised myself to you to be your wife, to serve you, and I'm just going to give myself away. You know what? I said those things, and and I, I didn't do it, and I didn't act on it in any way, but I still said it. I know I said it. I said it. But God never made me feel guilty about it. It was like he picked that weight up off me and it was no longer within me it was like I admitted it and I was wrong and why did I do it because I was so angry and I wanted to hurt you I wanted to hurt you like the way you had hurt, like I felt hurt I wanted God to feel because that's what it came down to I wanted God to hurt the way I was hurting because I felt like he was the cause of the pain. 
And God understood that. He goes, I know. And I can bear it because I love you. And I know. I already knew you were going to do it. I already know. And it's like peace and happiness. There's no shame or guilt. None. All these things I've ever done and came to God. It's like he took them out of my soul. And they don't bother me anymore. I don't get triggered by them. I get triggered by very few things. On a closing note, because there's been some time. That was real deep. That was me a year ago. So lost. I mean, I had God, but I was so alone. And I resisted where he was asking me to go. Now fast forward to this year. God has moved me in places where I'm surrounded by people who love me. I feel it. Um, sometimes so much it, I cry because I, I don't know how to handle it sometimes. And that, that's the, been the biggest change is I didn't think I could handle all the love that I was going to get where God was asking me to go. And I might cry a little bit thinking about it because I cried yesterday when I was at AA. Because um, there's some really great people there that are that really love me. Um, I have three jobs <laughs> that I love. I don't know, God took one job and gave me three and I feel like I just love all of them. And there love me they've they've loved me for a long time um I've just finally just opened myself up to give my time to create these relationships and um allow them in and love them back you know um, really love them If I had to go back to the thing I was scared of the most in my life, and I really think about it, the thing I feared the most was love. I've spent a long time, I spent a whole year running away from God's love <laughs> while having a podcast and doing videos about it, but you know, where's the irony in that? Ah. <laughs> uh. And I had this huge transition into all these jobs. I had a vacation with my family. There's been a huge change, you know. My life has just become very beautiful. But this last month, I, I wasn't sure I could make it through being surrounded by people who love me. I almost had a panic attack. Like, I said, God, I don't think I can do it. I just don't think I can do it. I wanted to go back to my old job because it was comfortable and I was isolated and God's like no you have to trust me I was like I trust you I trust you <sighs> and you know what this week has been a beautiful week and it is all coming together and I I want to say that out there for anybody who's experiencing these emotions pain all of that there's always hope 
it does get better. If it gets worse, it's because we're going against the grain of which God is asking us to go. And sometimes, yeah, there is pain in healing. I've, I've been through some pain. But there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, last year, what I went through, God tried to unveil me the same truth that he finally really unveiled to me in May, this last May. This, what I was talking about yesterday was the same thing he was trying to show me last year in August. And again, I just didn't love myself enough. That's a hard thing to swallow. A lot of us don't want to admit that. But when you look in the mirror, I mean, how do you feel? And until you can love yourself first, you you're never going to expect others to love you that way. You always allow them to treat you less than you deserve. And all God can do, just like he did with me, is allow me to go. And uh, I think he sped up the process a bit because he made some things in my life okay. And I look back and I'm like, God, you know, you said it was okay for me to do those things. And I realize now looking back, which were sinful things. But see, God, just like he did with Judas, he allowed that because it sped faster for me to get burned out and dead of the sin to really unveil in a way that I had to change. I wanted the change. I didn't want to run away from it anymore. And last year, I will admit, I was very fearful of letting people close to me. It, being loved trusting people to love me was something I, I didn't know how to do I'd just been hurt so many times by people who told me they loved me I just didn't want to deal with it it was too much my heart couldn't take it anymore and I, I just guess I didn't have enough faith in God to believe that he was taking me down the right road if I'm being honest I didn't I didn't have that kind of faith like I do now God builds it in us. He truly does. So there you guys go. It's about an hour and 14 minutes of really just getting this off of my chest so we can move forward with other things. But I really got to get into the history of this because, um, you know, I, I want to be authentic with what I'm doing here. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what God's going to have me do because I, I just don't know. I'm getting a general idea but I want to be authentic because a lot of we're scared we're scared to talk about the depths of these emotions why because we don't know how to we feel alone like we're the only ones who think these things and let me tell you I'm I'm not the only one I know I'm not I've realized this by unisolating myself and putting myself out there and trusting that the people God has for me are good for me because they've been through these things and they understand most people in this world if not all most people come from trauma I've, I've most people I know have come from trauma it's very rare you find somebody that's come from an all-around good wholesome family all people deal with with insecurity of self at some point in their life 
It's a given. It's like being born, death, and taxes. You're going to go through a point in life where that fear and insecurity of self will suffocate you. And that hurt hurts the same for everybody. Inner hurt hurts. There's no degree of, you know, my inner hurt hurts worse just because the physical was worse. It, when you hurt on the inside, it hurts. So, anyway, you guys, I hope you have a beautiful day. Um, it's the last week of August. Challenge of the day. I want you to think about what I've said. What is it triggering in you? What is it making you think about yourself? Not about others. When I challenge you, I want you to think about yourself. This is about your growth, your journey with God. You know, how real are you with God? Like, it's like you build it stronger. It's like any relationship. Imagine being married. If you're married to somebody and you see them once a week, how strong is that relationship? It isn't. In fact, it isn't even a relationship. It's a convenience. You're conveniently there once a week. But if this is something where you're best friends, you're talking about everything, every day, all the time. First thing you think of when you wake up, the last person you talk to when you go to bed, you're there tenderly. You start building that all the time. It's the same thing with God. That relationship, that connection becomes so strong. It's You become rooted. What's that verse? Deeply rooted in God's love. Hmm. That's Ephesians, I think, 3.17. Well, you guys, I love you. God, of course, loves you. And I hope you have a beautiful day.